good to see you this morning. Of course, as Jacob has said, it's Miracle May, first Sunday of Miracle May, and we're so glad that you joined us, whether in person or online, and we'd love to connect with you. If you're new to our church, uh, we have, I believe, some of the best coffee in town, or the best in the West, and uh, uh, we want to We'd love to give you a cup of coffee on the house and uh, get to know you out in the foyer. Of course, if you're watching online, I'm sorry we can't do that for you. But just imagine the aroma of the freshly expressed coffee made from the finest Arabica beans. Yes, I'm going to stop right there. How many people don't drink coffee here? We're going to pray for you after the service. We're going to have a special line for all those who don't like coffee. My wife, Di, doesn't drink coffee either. Um, why don't we give our worship team a hand? Thank you so much for leading us so well. Today, of course, is the first Sunday of the month, and uh, we haven't been able to do this quite so regularly in recent times, but first Sunday of the month is always the Sunday when we take communion together. And at the end of my message, we're going to do that. Um, but I just want to, uh, you know, make a couple of comments. Of course, every year, Jacob has, has reminded us that every year, I, I think pretty much since we started our church, um, we've, May has been, we've called it Miracle May. And you know, it's amazing, an amazing thing how many miracles have happened in May, it's an amazing thing that how many miracles happen in June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, and March, and April as well. But the fact is that so often when we've done what Jacob said, we've taken this card and we've taken a moment to, to think about what is it that I'm believing God for and have specifically written that down um, and then focused and then prayed and believed God together. Uh, amazing things have happened. And I've had so many people come up to me over the years, said, you know what? I wrote this down on my card. Where's uh, uh, Jacob? I don't know where Jacob's gone, but uh, Brit, uh, his wife, Brittany, came up to me yesterday holding their baby and said, uh, she said, Jacob didn't know this, but last year in May, <laughs> I wrote down on my miracle card that I was believing God for a baby. And there she was yesterday morning at our Kingdom Builders breakfast holding that baby. And she said, I wrote it down on my miracle card. So all you women, be careful what you write down on your miracle card. Uh, and, uh, but such a, such, so many great things that have happened. Now, I really want to encourage you. We have a devotional tomorrow, I think, going up on Instagram and social media. Just check out our website. Uh, a short video of encouragement that I will give at the beginning of each week. Uh, Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, all is our first Tuesday. All of our life groups uh, and our leaders and our teams and all anyone in our church who'd like to join us. And you can join us online. We have uh, our first Tuesday when we're going to worship God together, get into the Word, 
And I'm going to talk about how miracles happen in small groups. And if you're not a part of a small group, I want to encourage you to be a part of a small group. Whether it's two or three men that gather together and pray together, whether it's a life group that's a larger open group, whatever it is, there's power in being a part of a small group. And uh, uh, just this uh, last week, um, we got news from Australia that my, uh, my uh, wife Di's mum was uh, declining and, and uh, was in a very serious uh, condition. She'd been uh, battling leukemia for some time. And I want to read a letter to the church, which she's asked me to read. She's not here this morning. But she asked me to read this to you. Um, but I want to say the amazing thing about small groups is that when we heard the news, that was Tuesday. And Tuesday is the day that we have our life group, our small group. And both, uh, she said, I don't want to cancel the small group tonight. I want to have our small group. I want to have our life group. And although she was, you know, uh, it was a very difficult day very, very difficult day for her, I tell you, this, our life group was such a great support and strength to her in that hour. And that's the power of being a part of a small group. And so we're greatly, we're, we're greatly appreciative of our, our small group and of the power of small groups. So this is the letter that she asked me to write today. She said, Dearest Newport Church family, Good morning and happy Miracle May. I'm so sorry not to be with you this morning, but please be assured I'm with you in my heart. I asked Pastor J-Dub, that's my nickname, J-Dub, Pastor J-Dub to read this letter to you on my behalf this morning. We received a call last Tuesday afternoon from my sister that my precious mom is going to be with Jesus very soon. My mum and dad, both 85 years old, just celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary 10 days ago, and her sudden health decline has been devastating news to us all. My mum was diagnosed with leukemia four years ago and has diligently received chemo and done everything possible to be strong for our family. My dad, a retired firefighter of 38 years, is a strong man with more love for a woman than I've known, serving mum breakfast in bed every morning. That's why Di expects a cup of tea every morning in bed from me. Actually, two cups of tea every morning. Um, my family still lives in Sydney, Australia, and I've not been able to visit them since the COVID-19 restrictions were placed on travel last March. As many of you will know, before 2020, we had flown to Sydney every year to spend time with them. As I'm sure you understand, we're very close, and the most difficult thing of all is not being there in person with my mum, dad, sister and niece right now, but we thank God for FaceTime. I'm currently spending 14 hours a day in a different time zone on FaceTime with my family to connect with them and help in any way we can from here, including making sure they have care, support, food, and as many comforting friends and family to visit. When God called us here to Newport, we left everything and everyone on a one-way ticket on July 15, 2006. 15 years ago this summer to plant our beloved Newport Church from scratch. I've always held tight to Matthew 19, 29. 
And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sister or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. The hardest thing in the world was to leave my family, but the most precious and privileged thing was to be obedient to Father God. It wasn't until my three eldest children moved away for college and career to Seattle, Washington, Atlanta, Georgia, Virginia Beach, that I really understood just a fraction of how much my parents' hearts ached when we moved away. I want to share with you an amazing revelation that God gave me this past week about Samuel and Hannah's relationship and the story found in 1 Samuel 1. My mom sowed me here to be a missionary here, just as Hannah sowed Samuel to be a prophet then. Just as Hannah would visit Samuel every year and take him a little coat, every time I would go back to visit my mom in Australia, she would take me shopping to buy a pretty dress. My mom and dad have continued to release me and our family here and rejoice in everything God has done so far and everything he will do in and through all of us here at Newport Church. We love you all dearly. Thank you for your loving prayers for my mom and family on the other side of the ocean. And thank you for being so generous in your time, talent, and treasure in partnering with us to keep building the kingdom of God here in Newport. One last thing. Sorry, I know this is long. It's Miracle May, and yesterday was May the 1st in Australia, or the day before yesterday. I received a call that my mum was awake, and I was able to talk with her. She was weak but chatty, and that is a miracle. After we talked for a little while, Jonathan and I prayed for her. Then my precious mum prayed for me. She said, thank you, Jesus. I love you. I love my beautiful baby girl. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Only the Lord knows the day, the hour, and the moment when mum is going to join him in heaven. As for us, we are so grateful for the miracle of a little more time. My prayer for you is to believe for your miracles this May. God is faithful and he is able. I love and appreciate you more than words can say. And again, thank you for your kind support. God bless you with all my love always, Pastor Di. So that message was for you and for a for our church. Now I can sit down. I don't need to preach a message. She just did that. But I appreciate, we appreciate you praying for her, praying for our family. It's always a hard thing when you've lost, when you lose uh, someone so close. And of course, your parents, your family. I've lost my mum and my dad. Both went out into eternity some time ago. And many of you will know what that's like. But God is faithful. God is present. Uh, God is able and uh, that's what we're believing for. So keep praying for her, but I'm believing God with you for your miracle in May. Amen? Amen. All right. I want to share some thoughts with you today about miracles. Well, first of all, what is a miracle? Good question. A miracle, the word miracle literally comes from the Latin word uh, miraculum. I learned Latin at school. Did anyone go to school and learn Latin? They don't teach Latin these days, but back when I was at school in England, back in the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, they taught Latin. We used to say Latin is a language as dead as dead can be. It killed the ancient Romans, and now it's killing me. So we learned Latin at school, and miraculum comes from the Latin word 
to wonder or to marvel at. A miracle is something that we wonder or marvel at. It's something that God does that isn't just ordinary, it is extraordinary. It's something that is not explicable, it's inexplicable. A miracle is when we who are finite have an encounter with God who is finite. We who understand that we can't, not all things are possible for us to do, encounter a God to whom all things are possible. A miracle is when we who are limited have an encounter with a God who is limitless. A miracle is when we who are, are limited by time, matter, and space meet a God who is unlimited in time, matter, or space. Miracles are moments when we who reach the end of our ability meet a God and have an encounter with a God who has no end to his ability. And I want to encourage you, whatever situation, whatever circumstance you're facing, how impossible it may seem, God is a God to whom all things are possible if we believe. I've always said, miracles happen. And you've heard that statement many times, no doubt. Miracles happen. But miracles don't just happen. Miracles happen, but they don't just happen. Whenever you pick up your Bible or you read a story from the Bible or you hear someone sharing their story about how they experienced a miracle in their lives, there's more to it than just something happening out of the blue. There's always a, a prayer. There's always a moment of connection. There's always something that initiates a move, the, the movement of the Holy Spirit in our circumstance and situation. So miracles happen, but they don't just happen. And over the coming uh, weeks, over the month of May, uh, and of course next Sunday is Mother's Day, and we're going to be honoring all the mums, the, ma the moms, it's the only American word I can't say, all the moms, is that right? Yeah, it's pretty, it's a pretty poor, I, I just can't get it, mom, I gotta, I gotta practice, I gotta practice, it's Mother's Day, and we're gonna honor all the mums, and uh, we are going to, we're, we're going to take a moment to do that, but Right through this month, we're going to be focusing on how we can see miracles take place. What, how can we partner with God? How can we walk with God? How can we see miracles taking place in our lives, in our neighbors' lives, and our church life? So miracles happen, but they don't just happen. Um, yesterday at Kingdom Builders, which are a group of people who... who believe in sowing and leading in sowing into the life of the church financially and have been a great blessing to our church over the years. And if you want to find out how you can be a kingdom builder, make sure you speak to Michael and Polly Elman, our generosity pastors. And it's something that is very approachable, very, uh, uh, it's not a, not a, a, a 
big reach for people, but we, we gather together, and we had our first breakfast for over a year, a year. not our first breakfast for over a year, but <laughs> that would be pretty bad. <laughs> our first breakfast together as Kingdom Builders yesterday, and I spoke about miracle, how miracles happen when we sow our seed in the morning. Di spoke in that, in that, uh, in her letter to me, the thing that I read that to the Kingdom Builders yesterday. What made me tear up was when she talked about her, how her mum and dad sowed us into leaving Australia and coming here. And I know what a heartache that was. Di's dad uh, would go out on the veranda, and I found this out later, every, every morning for a long, long time, many months, and he'd just cry because of the heartache of seeing us go to another part of the world. And I love that story about Samuel, about how Hannah sowed Samuel into the temple. And every, every, um, every year he'd go down to, uh, when Hannah went to the temple, she'd take a, a robe that she'd, she'd, she'd sewn and made for him to put on him. And I saw her mum do that both in Australia and here uh, with that, uh, with the dress that she would buy her. Uh, she sowed dye. She sowed us. So miracles happen when we sow our seed in the morning. And there are people here, you've sowed seed. You have seed in the ground. Miracles happen when we're the seed in the ground. Our faith, our time, our, ta- our, our, our gifts, our abilities. Uh, sometimes we, we sow things without even knowing that we're going to sow them. We release, we release to God uh, that which we're not structured to, to handle. And, and so um, miracles happen, but they don't just happen. So I want to talk a little bit today um, and, and just some thoughts. Uh, miracles happen when we sow our seed in the morning. I'm speaking on Tuesday, miracles happen in small groups and I speak today that miracles happen in God's presence. Miracles happen in God's presence. Our word for this year, our theme for this year is presence. God's presence makes all the difference. Did you experience God's presence during the worship? God's presence makes all the difference. God's presence in our circumstances, in our situations makes all the difference. But then our presence makes all the difference. We are able to, our presence makes a difference in our family, our presence. Even though we can't be in Australia right now, it's amazing what we can do through FaceTime. It's amazing what we can do to help uh, from the other side of the world. We can, even though we are not physically present, we can be present through our involvement, through our engagement, through our conversation. Um, Our presence, I believe, is making a huge difference right now. Your presence makes a difference in your family. Your presence makes a difference in in our church. Your presence makes a difference in our community. So whenever we see miracles happening in the Bible, whenever we see miracles happening, there's always three components. There's God's presence, there's God's power, and there's God's provision. God's presence, God's power, and God's provision. They always work together. Wherever Jesus was, his power to heal, his power to multiply the loaves and the fishes, his power to 
still the storm and, 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 the, and the wind was always present. So wherever Jesus was present, his power was present. And I want to encourage you today that wherever you're at and whatever's happening in your life and your world, when we draw near to God, James, the book of James says, when we draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. When we draw near to God, when we're seeking him, let's believe God that his power is going to be released into the situation that we need his provision for. Because his power, his presence is always followed by his power and his power is always followed by his provision. And it's that that I want to talk about, and it's that, I guess, that is the, at the center of what I want to share this morning. And uh, I want to read a passage of Scripture, and it's a, it's a longer passage of Scripture than I would normally read, but I think it's a great story that illustrates what I'm saying today, and I hope that it will encourage you. It's the story about two significant miracles that took place. It's the woman who pushed through the crowd and touched the hem of Jesus' garment and was healed. And it's the raising of Jairus' daughter from the dead. And this is what it says here, Mark 5, 21 in the New Living Translation. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. We read in Luke's gospel that she was 12 years old. And that's significant as we read on in the story. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. In Matthew's gospel, it says, touched the hem of his garment. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she'd been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? Take note that Jesus was present and power went out of him into that woman so that she could be healed. And his disciples said, look at the crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace your suffering is over. And while he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and they told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, do not be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw such commotion and weeping and wailing. 
And he inside, he went inside and asked, what is all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead, she's only asleep. Um, the crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. And I cut and pasted that into my notes, and I cut and pasted the end of the story off. But the end of the story is that he raised her from the dead. Jesus raised that young girl from the dead. So here's the interesting thing. So often we think, well, I've seen a miracle happen for someone else. But I've never seen it happen for me. Maybe you feel that, that there's something that is impeding the miracle that you'd like to see in your own life. The, that, that, that maybe you feel that you're not worthy, that you don't deserve it. Well, I've got news for you today, you don't. But none of us do. But the word grace is that we, the God's grace is that we receive what we don't deserve. And we don't receive what we do deserve. Or maybe you're thinking, um, I don't have enough faith. But Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the depths of the sea. Maybe, maybe you, you're just all done. I'm done. Well, Jesus said on the cross, it's finished. It's done. So that you and I can have a new lease of life. And you and I can see his miraculous power, whether it's to heal us, whether it's to restore us, whether it's to turn our situation around, whether it's to give us a, another chance, whether it's to help us with our finances and we need a financial miracle, whether it's to give us a new start, whether it's uh, maybe you, you believe in God to own a home and it seems impossible that you'd never be able to do that, whether you need a breakthrough or you need uh, 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 to break a controlling habit or or, or you need to be set free, free from fear or insecurity, or you want to have a baby, or, 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 or you want to find a husband or a wife, or uh, just open your eyes and look around. Uh, you need a miracle. That was supposed to be a joke. If you want a husband or a wife, I, you know the best tip I could give you? Open your eyes. The miracle's in the house. All right, whatever it is, but you see, the thing about this woman is these two contrasting situations. Basically, what I, I, what I want to highlight here today is it doesn't matter who you are. God wants to meet you at your point of need. We have two types. We have two women here, a young girl and a woman. A young girl who is 12 years old. A woman who has had a debilitating hemorrhage for 12 years. So when that baby, little baby, Jairus' baby was born, that's when that woman's hemorrhage began. 12-year-old girl, a woman with 12 hemorrhaging for 12 years. The Jairus' daughter is named. This woman is unnamed. Jairus' daughter was known. This woman was unknown. Jairus' daughter came from a wealthy family. This woman had no money left. She had spent everything she had on doctor's bills. The young girl was receiving a visit from Jesus. The woman had to push through the crowd to get to Jesus 
and touch the hem of his garment. So this story tells us that every one of us, if we're going to receive a miracle, we need to push through the crowd. Whatever it is that might be preventing us from getting to Jesus, because the reality is, and this is, I want to conclude with this, this point, is that very often we're looking for the provision rather than the provider. So when we fill out our miracle card, don't be, don't, don't, when we focus on the provision, we're missing the key to the provision, because the key to the provision is the provider. When we are in the presence of Jesus, when we push through the crowd to touch Jesus, when we push through the crowd to be in His presence, when we push through the crowd to touch the hem of His garment, and the hem of His garment spoke of three things. Without going into it in detail, the hem of His garment spoke about, uh, uh, on, on every uh, Jewish person's garment, there were these tassels that in the book of uh, in the law, in the Old Testament, they were told to put on their robes, and they, they all knotted them in different ways. But they spoke of three things. They spoke of your place in society or your value. They spoke of authority and purity. Value, authority, and purity. What she did was more than, more than just touching Jesus. When she touched the hem of his garment, she had faith. And how many of you know there's a difference between a touch and a touch? There's a difference between an ordinary touch and a touch of faith. And she touched Jesus, and that's why Jesus said, who touched me? And everyone said, well, everyone's touching you. But there was something different about this woman's touch. She was touching Jesus, the hem of his garment, knowing that Jesus was the one who valued her more than any other. Jesus was the one who had authority more than any other. And Jesus is the one who could transchange her from a position of impurity in society to purity. And without going into details, because of the nature of her hemorrhage, according to the law, she was ceremonially impure for 12 years. She was an inconvenience to people because of the laws of the Old Testament. And yet, here was the one who was going to heal her, who was going to transform her and touch her. And I want to encourage you, let's touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Let's push through the crowd. Let's touch him because miracles happen in his presence. Miracles happen when we seek him. And this is what Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. And he goes on to say, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Jesus is saying the key to the answer to our prayers is to abiding in him and he in us. The key to our miracle is his presence. And I want to encourage you, this miracle may, yes, let's fill out these cards. Let's fill, fill out believing God, what, asking God what we're believing for. But let's seek the provider more than the provision. Let's seek Jesus, the giver, 
rather than the gift. Let's seek his presence because miracles happen in his presence. And when we do, we'll see God move in extraordinary ways. Can you say amen to that? I'm going to ask our worship team to come right now. And I want us to take a moment to prepare our hearts for a time when we take communion together. And as we take the emblems that the team are distributing right now, I want, I want, to, I want to take a moment for us to, to pause, to focus on Jesus. And as we take these emblems which speak of Jesus' blood that was shed for us so that we could be forgiven, His body that was broken for us, as symbolized by the bread, so that we who are broken could be made whole. As we do this, I want to encourage you to have a moment of connection with Jesus, a moment of focus. And as we look to Him and as we push through the thoughts or the distractions or the things that might be happening around about us or the notifications that might pop up on your phone or whatever it may be, that we focus on Jesus. And that like that woman, we push through the crowd of our thoughts. We push through the crowd of our distractions. We push through the crowd of doubt. We push through the crowd of fear, fears that may crowd in on us. We push through the crowd of anxiety that might press in on us. We push through that crowd and touch the hem of Jesus' garment because He has authority over every fear, over every doubt, over every sickness. He has authority and He values you because He died for you and He wants to make you whole. So just hold that in your hand. Would you stand with me? Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit, in this place. And for every person that's joining us online, whether now or at a later time, I pray that wherever we are, every single one of us would experience your presence and your power. And as we stand on this first Sunday of Miracle May, we know that you're a God who loves to provide, who loves to heal, who loves to restore, who loves to bring breakthrough. Whatever the miracle that is, that is needed for any of us, we know that you're not only able but you're willing. And just as you said to the leper that came to you and said, if you're, able, if you're willing, you can heal me. Jesus said, I am willing. We know that you are willing. Help us to push through the crowd of distraction. Touch the hem of your garment that we might be made whole. And as we eat and drink, we thank you, Lord, today 
that you're the God who came in the form of Jesus, in person, God and man, that you took our place on the cross so that we could be restored to relationship with you. We thank you, Lord, that you rose from the dead supernaturally and miraculously. And we give you all the praise and all the glory today as we eat and drink in Jesus' name. Let's eat and drink together. And then we're going to worship God for some moments. And as we worship God, can I encourage you to lift up your heart to God. Lift up your hands. Just focus with renewed with renewed expectation on Jesus. Let's push through the crowd because miracles happen in His presence. children and the children and the children may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations in your family and your children and the children and then may his presence may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you, He is with you in the morning, in the evening, in your coming, in your going, in your weeping, rejoicing. He's for you, He's for you. May His favor be upon you in a thousand generations, in your family, in your children, in the children, in the children. with you in the morning, in the 
So be it. I want to pray one last prayer before we we close. Um, maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you've never ever had a personal encounter with Jesus. Miracles happen in His presence. And Jesus wants to have that encounter with you more than you could imagine. He wants you to know Him, to know His love, to know His grace, to know His presence. And all you have to do is say yes. All you have to do is say amen. So be it. So that your amen can agree with his amen which he said on the cross when he said it is finished amen so be it everything necessary for us to be forgiven everything necessary for us to be reunited with our heavenly father everything necessary to remove the guilt the shame that would stand between us and our heavenly father gone a bridge to him so that we can know His love and His grace and we can receive the gift of eternal life. So that when we go out into eternity, we'll be with Him for eternity, with our loved ones who have gone before us. And one day we'll all be together sitting around the throne of God, worshiping God. Amen. 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 And I want to make an invitation to you today that you might know His love and grace. And all you have to do is simply say yes and pray this prayer with me. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want to encourage you to pray this with an open heart and, and say yes to Jesus, just as He said yes to you 2,000 years ago. Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me. I open up my heart and I receive Jesus as my Savior, 
and my Lord. I pray that I might know your presence, that I might follow you all the days of my life, that I might fulfill my destiny and my God-given purpose as I walk with you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Can we give Jesus a big hand? Ready to do good and be generous on every occasion in Jesus' name. And as we go, may the grace of God, may the peace of God rest upon each and every one. Let your love and goodness flow in each and every life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Give Jesus a great hand of praise. God bless you. See you on Tuesday night for First Tuesday.